glasses on here. You're like personal friends with the band, aren't you? No, <laughs> but I did get to know the lead singer quite right. I did, when I say I got to know him, I hung out with him for one hour at at a, in Las Vegas at the convention. Nice. I was there. I remember. Signing for Boyd Gaming, and uh, there's a fancy boutique right across the hall. And I look up, and there he is. He's standing there, Paulie Santoni, and I'm like... What the hell? I walk over there and go, dude, big fan. I'm in a cowboy hat, you know, and he's like, you actually know who I am? I'm like, hell yeah, I do. I'm a rocker. He's like, I don't think people that wear cowboy hats knew how to rock. And I was like, Only if he knew. I'm like, no, no, we do. That's a stereotype. We don't. So, like, I sat there and visited, and he was awesome. And he was talking about, like, uh, with, with Sirius Satellite Radio, how, you know, it's bringing their music back and then. He's like, music never does. You know, like, <laughs> word. Music never does. Freaking love rock and roll. Quiet riot. Welcome back, everybody. Come it, on, it, feel the noise. <clears throat> Come on, feel the noise. Oh. Girls rock the boys. It is rump chat. and uh, Sneaking up on that million. We are Can't getting wait. close. We are in Denver still. We don't know when this one's going to get released. I'm sure it'll be soon. Um, but uh, so... Right now, we only have one perf today. It's our last kind of chill day. Yeah, kind of a one, you know, chill day where we can breathe and relax just for a little Thurs- bit. Thursday is kind of like that because we have a ten thirty a.m. performance. A sensor. It's a sensory sensitive uh, performance, yeah. which we turn everything down, so it's really quiet. It's, yeah, it sucks. It's a quiet perf. It really, really, really sucks. And it's at ten thirty in the morning, and it's it ten. It's 10.30. You know how hard it is to drink whiskey at 10, 15 a.m.? <laughs> You've been doing pretty good. Uh, I have really been. I haven't drank just a whole lot. I've really tried to watch my P's and Q's here, if you will. Yeah, last night, um, mixed them uh, a little little stiff and uh, yeah, kind of felt that this morning. But I got up that. and been working on San Angelo gig. Went and got an iPad. Uh, have a screw in my tire, front left tire, which is great. Fun. That's why it was uh, at thirty two percent last night. I thought it, I thought it looked a little low. Yeah. So uh, your I'm gonna tire's to... flat, just on the bottom side. <laughs> I hate that shit. That's what Uncle Tommy's saying right there. <laughs> oh, Uncle Tommy, we got to get him on. But we have probably uh, what is going to be it'll one be... of our best shows um, today it'll be good. because if anybody. I don't know. This guy was responsible for a lot of your growth. I would say. I don't know your about your learning years of. I don't know if he really wants to <laughs> take any credit for the responsible, but I learned a lot of life skills during that age. So uh, anybody, uh, everybody, let's. Uh, we got to welcome uh, Maury Tate to the. Uh, well, there we go. Mobetta. Mobetta Rodeo Company. Maury Tate. Hi, everybody. Good, you? I'm awesome. I'm 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 really excited about this. So I pull in, uh, you know, d- from running around this right. morning, and I pull into my parking spot here in front of my trailer, and there's Maury standing there with a notebook, 
a binder full of notes. And then he's got a couple pages. So uh, the only other person to do that was Jordan Holland. Which Jordan was also a former Mo Betta employee. You see, it's all, yeah. maybe this is where you guys learn. You you write things down. Yeah. You have a I, book you haven't finished or a movie. Uh, yeah, I have got, I have a book. Actually, my book's getting really good. I've, uh, I have to go look, but I got like 257 pages. It changes every time you say that. Well, I know because I've taken some stuff out, put some stuff in. No, you don't. But Maury Tate, the Mo Betta Rodeo Cup. And before he gets going, it's kind of crazy how the whole thing happened because Everybody in the Western industry remembers the Mo Betta days. Oh, I mean, yeah. the 1990s Fred Whitfield. The tie-down matches. Yeah, the Mo Betta rope in Apache, which actually I worked the last one as the uh, the neck rope guy for that. But um, the Mo Betta shirts, Garth Brooks, Shameless, the so much stuff blew up out of Apache, Oklahoma, which Maury's uh, shop right, was right in the middle of town, like right on the corner and. uh and his mother was alive. She was. She ran the uh, the store. The Mobetta store was cool as shit, and, and it was. Uh, Maury had an office in it. So back in the old days, uh, that's where me and Tuckness we'd just go in there and sit in the office and like try to design cool shirts and look at fabric because Maury always. It was funny when Maury would go to places and he would look at fabric, and uh, mm-hmm. they still make shirts. For, you still make your uh, your own shirts for your rodeo company, right? Yeah. But uh, before I let him get going, I want to say, well, he fired me before I was even hired. <laughs> Did you know that? No. So how the whole deal goes, I, I knew Maury just from, you know, rodeoing, and, and he was friends with Jerome. And and um, so I was at school at Weatherford, uh, my first year. Jerome Schneeberger. Yeah. For people. Jerome Schneeberger and Maury, they roped together, and, you know, they were buddies. And, and so... Uh, I was, it was coming like, I don't know, it was the spring and Jerome's like, what are you going to do this summer? You know, I was 24, uh, just recovered from, you know, another broken leg. And, uh, I'm like, I don't know. I don't really have any money. Uh, don't really have anywhere to go. Didn't have a girlfriend. I mean, it was kind of bleak, honestly, like, cause I, the house I lived in, I lived with the Tanner Houston and his sister, Ashlyn. Well, they're going back to Arizona. They were going to lock their house up for the summer. And, you know, I didn't, I couldn't go rodeo because I didn't have any money. I didn't have any horse. Uh, I had a broke down piece of crap pickup. So I was like, man, I, I do need to find something to do. So Jerome says, well, call Maury Tate. He's got the, he's a stock contractor. And I'm like, stock contractor? That's some bitch he never put a rodeo on. You know, I'm like, <laughs> is this a joke? So I called Jerome or called Maury and he's like, yeah, yeah, we, we got this uh, Cody Knight rodeo, and you can come bulldog and this and that. I'm like, man, that'd be kind of cool, you know? Yeah. Enter every night. and So I was like, cool, I'll do it. So then he calls me a week later, and he's like, hey, we're not going to use you. Yeah, we we're, we got something else, but thanks anyway. I'm like, all right, no big deal. Then like two days later, he's like, yeah, all right, we're back on. <laughs> so that's how I ended up at, uh, at Cody. So it, and, uh, and the rest is history. But <laughs> why did you fire him before you had a, a better option, and then that option fell through? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't remember that part of it, but that that's not the only time that he was fired. I promise you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact, when he first comes to Cody, because like I said, I, I knew Jerome and I didn't know Rump that well, but he, uh, you know, I'd seen him fight bulls and you know at their dad's rodeos and. He shows up there, and the first thing, he's over there looking at this cliff. There's a big cliff right there on the west end of the rodeo ground. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, 
I'm trying to figure out a way to let my truck roll off this cliff so I can get my insurance money. <laughs> I was going to do it, too. <laughs> yeah, because there, there was no recovery there oh. if it went off. But, yeah, the first the first day, we're sitting there, and, and, I mean, I have no help. I mean, my crew consists of me and Rump. And the we had all these steers we had to brand and all that. So I said, let's go up here to the convenience store and get us some propane. And old Rump, he's got his down vest on, his chinks, his cowboy hat, and his boots and his spurs. You know, he's he he's he's all cowboy. <laughs> you know, yeah, out. oh yeah, he's cowboyed out. And we pull up there, and there's a tour bus of Chinese people there, and they said, "Hey, cowboy, hey cowboy, you take picture." Rump boy, he sticks his old chest out, and he walks over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Puts his arm around him and. They look at him, and they said, uh, no, cowboy, you take picture of us. <laughs> <laughs> so there I was standing in front of the bus. Okay, everybody squeeze in. I thought it was a celebrity up there. But it was, the, the that was in 2005. And, uh, man, that was a, it was a crazy summer. Like, I never experienced anything. Like, I loved, loved rodeo. So the night rodeo was almost perfect. It, perfect for me, and it was uh, Maury's very first rodeo was the first night, June 1st of 2005 was the first rodeo he had ever produced. So it was, I kind of got to be a big dog. I, you know, run the shoots and load and run the neck rope and kick some ass, yell at some people, almost got beat up a few times that first week or so. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of magical back then, you know, cause it was new, we, different. And, and he had bought a ton of horses from Calvin Nelson, uh, Kinmare, North Dakota. He passed away several years ago, but Rowena, that uh, does a lot of secretarian, that was her father. So, plus, you know me, I love bucket horses. Mm-hmm. Love them. Still to this day, love the crap out of them. So, Maury kind of let me go through these horses, you know. So, at the time, like, man, I felt, because all I really wanted to ever do for the longest time I just wanted to show up at a rodeo with a straight deck full of bucking horses and be that guy, like I'd seen. You want to be the the sub, yeah. Everywhere. So <laughs> you we, don't want we, to deal with time event cattle. You don't want to deal with slack. We we had to deal with a lot, and I'm gonna tell you what. Well, I know. I'm just saying that's what you wanted. Yeah, I know you guys dealt with a lot of time event. A bunch of pain in the ass time eventers. Not not saying all time eventers are pain in the ass, but. At the time, there was a few guys, but uh, we won't we won't touch on that. But um, Maury had a bull named Hollywood, was his first picture bull, and um, the first time I got in trouble with Mo Betta, uh, he made us dress up as clowns every day, and we would have to go downtown by the Irma Hotel with a live bull. On, and uh-huh. we would have to just sit on the corner and go, hey, everybody, don't forget Cody Night Rodeo, 8 o'clock tonight, Real Wild West Rodeo Action. So we'd have to do that for like two hours. So me and Jordan Holland, we we kind of got us a plan. We would take the bull down there, and we would tie it to a dumpster right out there. In the, we'd put up a sign that says <laughs> Cody Night Rodeo by the bull, and we'd sit on the deck of the Irma and drink beer. And uh, one night, um, had a couple too many beers, and told jordan i said i'm just gonna ride that bull back to the rodeo grounds and uh i got pulled over uh 
on my bull by the <laughs> Rodeo West gas uh, gas station. And uh, more, he really chewed me out. He's like, hey, uh, I need to talk to you after the rodeo. Oh, shit. What's up? Can't be riding that bull through town. <laughs> but I was full rodeo clown gear and everything just on that bull. I looked like, what was that movie? Uh, on? Oh, uh, wasn't that on a... Uh, Blazing Saddles. Saddles. Yeah. Sir, you can't park your bull there. Whop! <laughs> I was totally Mongo. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had told them before they went. Rump had, Rump had a kid that he kind of adopted, and Rump was his father figure. His I found him, in, found him in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, Justin Josie? No. <laughs> yeah, his name was Rock Chardine. He, he was a bull rider from Utah. And I had told him, I said, now, no matter what you do when you take that bull uptown, do not let anybody set on that bull. You know, I said someone falls off or something, they'll get hurt. And so they they go uptown and they're sitting there and Rock, he is sitting on the bull. And these girls come up and they said, uh, they, not just girls, hot, beautiful, vibacious, Vi- young, vibacious, firm, <laughs> tourists. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, the Rock, he's sitting on that bull, and they said, uh, sir, I said, can we sit on your bull? Rock's like, no, we have strict orders. No one's to get on the bull. She said, uh, how about if I show you my boobs? He's like, okay, hang on. <laughs> let me get off. <laughs> well, you know. I don't know if it's showing boobs. That's currency. <laughs> well, exactly. I, I had found Rock in the parking lot. He was sleeping in this car. And uh, he was a little Mormon kid. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep him. And I kind of <laughs> kept him as a pet, didn't I? Oh, yeah. Rock, when we first got to Cody, they had had problems in the past with parties and all that there at the rodeo ground. So, you know, one of the big things that we had to do is every night we had to break up all the parties and run everybody off. And, man, I thought we were doing a great job until years later I found as soon as we run everybody off, my crew was having a party. Right. <laughs> you know, they were, they were having big parties, you know. But but I'd heard that uh, Rock and um, Wes Evner, our other bullfighter, had been playing strip poker with some girls. So I go in there and I wake them up first thing that morning, and I told them, I said, hey, I said, the cops just left here, and they're looking for you. I said, evidently, two girls was late getting home last night, and they said that uh, y'all tried to rape them. And oh, I said, no. uh, the cops will be here tonight. I told them you'd be here at 7 o'clock, so y'all be here. And I mean all day long. I mean, they are just shitting. I mean, they're, <laughs> they, they, can't, oh. they can't eat. They just, I mean, they're just walking. They're stepping on their lip, and their head's down, and. The funny thing is the secretary that worked for us was also worked at the Big Bear Hotel. And she left there and come to the rodeo, but she had a guy that was stalking her. And he came to the motel looking for her, and they got scared because they told told him she was at the rodeo. They got scared and called the cops. So sure enough, at 7 o'clock, Rock and... um, Wes, they come out of their camper, and here's about five cop cars down there at the rodeo office. Oh, my <laughs> God. So it just your your oh, gag just worked oh, perfect. Oh, yeah, it couldn't have been any better. And Rock, he uh, 
he gets out, and I mean, we're sitting there laughing, watching him walk down there, and I mean, he has got his head down. He knows, but he's nothing in happened. Trouble. It was all consensual. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, it was, it was, it was nothing. But I wanted him to sweat it, and so the funny thing is, is he walks up to that cop and he says, um, "Yeah, I'm Rock Chardine. You looking for me?" The cop looked at him, and said, "No." <laughs> See that's then, did they, uh, did you finally let him in on it? Oh yeah, well yeah, finally yeah. Oh, Maury's practical went. jokes always went too far. That was just a standard. He oh. also got Rock in. Tell him the story about Rock in uh, when we were all working for Dell Kling at Wilson, oh. North Dakota. Yeah, we we had heard that, uh, or I had heard it got back to me that I told uh, you that's how yeah, it got back to yeah, you. Well, <laughs> but that he had uh, met him a married woman the night before, so. We get there, and I go out there in the back pens, and here's this. And and they had told Rock. They said, Rock, she's married. You better stay away. And Rock said, oh, no. I said, well, actually, here's what happened. We got invited to the after party was in the cell barn at Sitting Bull Livestock in Wilson, North Dakota. And the party was hosted by Larry Sandvik. Oh, God. <laughs> and uh, so all of us that worked the, the sale up there, and it, Dale Kling's uh, bucket horse sale, we had, we had so much fun. Like, I don't even remember half the day because, you know, we'd just be drinking beer. And the, when Rock's dancing with this chick, it, it was a lot like the scene where the guy's dancing on Super Bad, where that girl she just starts dancing on Rock, and they go, "Hey, Rock, she's married." So, and she's like, "Well, I'm not married. I'm not with him." She's like, I'm "Technically married, but, you know." I'm, it's over. Yeah. Rock's like, see, she said it's over, so we can make out. <laughs> like, because he talked like that, you know? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I just don't know if you should make out with her. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, then she pulled the old show the boobs thing again, and Rock was dunsky. Then <laughs> Maury being an asshole, I told Maury the next morning, he goes, hey, you guys look a little rough. I'm like, yeah, it was a hell of a night. And uh, I was telling about the party. I'm like, yeah, Rock, you know, made out with this chick. And Maury's like, oh, I'm going to get him. I'm like, all right, whatever. And then go ahead from there. <laughs> I go outside, and it's snowing. And here's this guy outside. Nobody knows him. And he's about, was he, 6'4"? Oh, he's big. And 280, I mean, just solid muscle. And it's snowing straight down, and he's just got a T-shirt on and he's a running, camouflage He's running hat, the strip you know, and shoot. Yeah. <laughs> And so I go up to him and I said, "Hey, you got to do me a favor." And I told him the deal, and he's like, "All right." So we're sitting there in the arena, and we're all sitting there together, and Rock's there, and all of a sudden here comes this big old guy walking through the door, and he comes up to the arena, and he looks at Rock, and he said, "Are you, are you the motherfucker they call Rock Chardine?" <laughs> Rock. He looked up at him and he said, uh, "Yes, sir." He said, uh, you, you, you the ones with my old lady last night? Rock said, no, sir. It wasn't, it wasn't me. He said, uh, are you in a black four-door dually with a Capri camper on it? He said, yes, sir. He said, you was with the blonde last night? No, sir. He said, it wasn't me. And that guy said, well, i tell you what. He said, I'm going to go get her, and I'm going to come back in here, and if it's you... He said, I'm going to whip your ass and just turns around and walks off. And and Rock is, what, five, five six, six, and yeah. weighs 140 pounds. And he, <laughs> I mean, he just walks over at the chutes, 
and just melts and just falls down the chutes and sits there, you know. <laughs> so we let him sit well, there. Well, he for started a... crying. He goes, I'm going to die. And I'm like, oh, shit. Because I, I thought maybe it was a joke, but, man, when that big son bitch walked in there, like, it didn't look jokey. But this was a typical Maury Tate practical joke. It goes too far every time. So what happened? It, I mean, well, he... he Rock, he just sits there. I mean, he can't move. And about 10 minutes later, here comes that guy walking in there. <laughs> Me and Rock, he, he just stands up. He's going to take it, you know. <laughs> then that guy come in there and let him off the hook. Oh, but, my oh, God. He was, he, was, uh, he, was, he was a little nervous, yeah. yeah, yeah. Rock, though, uh, Rock liked to smoke the pot. I mean, you, you, Maury, have you probably never seen South Park, have you? No, I haven't. But there's a character on South Park called Tally. You guys want to get high? <laughs> That's kind of how Rock was. We, when Rock and I were coming home from that same bucking horse and bull sale, it's me, Rock, Jordan Holland, and JV's balls. Oh God! We're in it. We're in the That's black a car load in the Capri camper with the Ford pickup, and uh, Rock was supposed to be driving, so I'm in the pickup or I'm in the camper and sleep by Jordo, and uh, I wake up, you know, and I, I look up. I kind of set up. We're going down the highway, and I look in the top bunk and in the in the camper. Well, there's there's JV and Rock. Well, there was four of us, right? In in the camper, and we're running down the interstate. So I, I said, "Rock, Rock, wake up! What? What?" <laughs> I said, "What in the hell?" Who I said, "If you're back here, who's driving?" Um. I smoked some pot and I didn't feel like it was safe to drive, so I found a hitchhiker. <laughs> so we're literally, and I'm like, "You stupid bastard!" So I reached the curtain. Hey, pull it on over, ma'am. Take a pee over here, you know. And, and uh, so I told JV, I said, "Wake up, man. This dude, he, you know, this is scary shit." Rock, he's just passed smooth the hell out. But so I got up there, and me and JV kind of go to the front of the truck. You're like, "Yeah, yeah." I said, uh, hey, I'm going to check the air in this tire. And I pulled out a $5 bill. I said, hey, uh, would you run in there and get me a Coke? He said, yeah, anything for you, boys, give me a ride. He goes in there. As soon as he gets 10 foot away, me and JV jump in the truck and just take <laughs> off. Uh, I was like, Rock, you dumb bastard. I said, why did you do that? He, he told me that he had a clean driving record and that he was very responsible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, he picked him up on the side of the road, not even at, like, a truck stop. He was just smoking pot, fell a little too high to drive, found a hitchhiker about midnight in the middle of nowhere, North Dakota. Wow. You guys are lucky you didn't get axe murdered. I know, right? <clears throat> yeah, but have, I, don't uh, you have some hitchhiker stories, though, that you end up picking up a bunch of hitchhikers? Oh, uh, that more he got kind of a, he got weirded out on that. The whole deal started after 2005. Uh, in 2005, he had less equipment than the Servies. He had a pickup and gooseneck. That was it. So we had a, it was like a 30, 35 foot gooseneck. You could put 15 horses on it. 16 if you got to run at it, you know. <laughs> but I told Murray, I'm like, man, we need to get a semi. You know, we need a semi. Because you know, you know me. You like to. Old super trucker. So you like, like to kick the cap. Murray's like, oh, I don't know. I, you know. So I've drove, uh, Sneeberger had a green Freightliner that he was selling and it was, perfect shape and and ran good and uh good engine and everything worked and Maury's like well I don't want to do that I'll 
I'll buy one from my neighbor. He's a he Votech teacher, so he buys a a three not a three seventy nine. He buys a ninety three three seventy seven red Peterbilt from James Jackson, his neighbor, and I was like, all right. And he the straight was a nineteen eighty one Wilson converted hog trailer, uh, but it it looked it was like kind of a cool looking rig. Well, the the truck had a a nine speed sixty series Detroit, which is means it's got about as much power <laughs> as me pedaling a bicycle. But I was like, you know what? This ain't so bad, you know? Like, Super trucking. So we took it down to the Votech, and, uh, boy, got Mo Better Rodeo Company put on it. I got it on the door rump shaker. We got, me and Tuckness, we got a naked lady uh, snap-on parts dealing there. We got serious satellite radio, and, man, we we it looked sharp, the truck did. And, don't, don't forget to show us your hooters. Oh, and, yeah. I had two. Yeah, all your bumper stickers I, that you put on no, there. No, there was your truck driving hat. And oh, yeah. I got my trucker hat, and I, I got a bumper sticker. One that said, show me your hooters, and the other one said, don't tell my parents I'm a trucker. They think I'm a piano player in a whorehouse. <laughs> <laughs> what? But we had we had the truck. We had everything. We were, we were ready to go. We just ran into one small problem. Oh, yeah. From my star trucker. I didn't have a CDL. <laughs> <laughs> and we're about to leave for the summer. He's fixing to leave, and, and for some reason, I asked him about his CDL, and he's like, yeah, I don't have one, but I can drive it. Well, <laughs> I could said. drive it. I, I, I did, You said, can you, when, the whole, when you bought the semi, you said, you can drive a truck. Hell, yeah, I can drive a truck. I, I mean, you didn't think that crossed your mind, uh, or did it cross your mind, and you're just crummy enough. It Especially cr- at that point in your life. It crossed my mind. I thought I probably should get one. But then I was like, I th- I, I thought it was going to be legal because he had land leased in Cody, Wyoming. He has land in Apache, Oklahoma. And I was under the understanding that if you're driving from one ranch to the other ranch, then you could operate a vehicle over 26,000 pounds on a regular driver's license. So turn- Isn't that within like 100 miles of the house, though? Yeah, yeah. It turns out I was wrong. <laughs> so Maury's like, "Yeah, you know, we we get you get, get you." I'm like, "Oh shit, I'm I'll get that some bitch, you know." And I'm like, how hard could it be? I've been driving trucks my whole life. I was born with a hot shot. <laughs> so Maury he takes me down to Lawton, and uh, I go in there. I got to take the written test. No big deal. This this bullshit. I don't give a shit. Go in there, flunk it. Because <laughs> he goes, "You study? Hell no, I didn't study." So, like, oh, oh shit. asking correct tire pressures and and valves and so, lights and everything. <laughs> so, you ain't got a clue. We're 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 on a countdown here. Like, there's not a lot of time. Like, the truck's got to leave with the first load of horses soon. And so, Maury's like, oh, well, maybe you need to study. Well, all right. So I get back and I'm in my Capri camper that night, you know, looking through uh, looking through my old book there. And, oh, yeah, okay, well, yeah. Next day, Maury gives me a ride back a lot and then uh, go in there and flunk it again. <laughs> Fail it again, but it was bullshit questions. Like, how many yards should you allow in front of you? A, 30, B, 40, or C, a safe distance? Well, safe distance is what I would think. Yeah. It's 30. 
It's just bullshit. So the next night I come home, me and Tuckness, we're out there and he's quizzing me. Like you're like, getting real. I'm like, I've, well, I've got to pass. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, go in there the next day, flunked it the third time. No <laughs> shit. So Maury start getting nervous about the whole deal. So on the f- <laughs> nervous no. about him not getting his CDL, or nervous because he obviously has no idea what he's doing. Both. <laughs> so I, the next day I pass. So I'm like, oh yeah. Well the the red truck that the Peter Bell it was in the shop. Uh, so I'm telling Maury, I'm like, man, I gotta have semi to drive. Okay, not a big deal. He said his dad Bub got a day cab Freightliner. You can use it. Oh, cool. Yeah, hell yeah. Go down there for my schedule, my driving test, and I drive up in that truck and go inside, and I come out there with my instructor, and um, he flunks me before the test even started <laughs> because the truck had a crack in the windshield. Uh, oh. So I'm like, drive back to Apache. How'd it go? Flunked. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> so he borrows. The next day, we get a semi from the neighbor uh, right up by his house, and I go in there, and uh, so the guy, that the instructor guy, he's pretty cool, you know. He kind of an old trucker himself, you know, kind of fat and had that look. And he's like, oh, my God, uh, he worked for old Mary Tate. Like, yeah, I'm just trying to get this up truck down here and drive up there at Cody, you know. I'm trying to be all cool. Well, I get in there. I go through the walk around, nail the walk around, just knock it out of the park. <laughs> you know, checking slack adjusters and airlines and <laughs> I get in the truck and I'm bullshitting around. Boy, I fired up, pull forward, flunked, forgot to put on my seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> then I couldn't take the test for a day because I'd been testing too much. So then I had to wait. I like the fourth. This this goes this is probably on the eighth day of being at the DMV. <laughs> Every day, <laughs> I finally passed. I mean, I passed the crap of the driving test, but like all the stuff you got to do. Yeah. And so I finally passed and I'm like, this is going to be the most wonderful thing ever. I got a CDL. I got a semi. We got bucking horses. Uh, our first trip to Cody, though, we took a load of bulls. Maury, I don't know where he got these bulls, but these, we got like 30 just crazy. That one bull was cross-eyed. Crazy eyes. Yeah mean sons of bitches. I mean, bad. Well, so my dad says, uh, well, what do you got going this week? So I'm leaving to go to Cody. Load of bulls. He goes, why don't you stop in here at the, uh, he, at the high school rodeo and you can buck those bulls <laughs> and Tuckness can fight it and then you can go on to Cody. So Maury's like, yeah, that'd be a good idea. You know, kind of see what those bulls are. Well, we get there and boy, I mean, I'm feeling it. I'm pulling in. I mean, uh, stock high school con- high school chicks, stock contracting, <laughs> you know. And that very first bull hooks the shit out of everybody. There's a dad behind the gate. This bull's gonna jump. This guy's trying to wave the bull down. The bull jumps over the fence, lands on him, breaks his arm, takes off running into the back forty. The bull did, and so that we had a. Little bit of difficulties with the bulls, but so we get to Cody with our first load of bulls and we're going to turn around and go home. So, you know, we haven't had been gone in this truck four days. On the way home, I get DOT checked in Fort Collins, Colorado, 
$2,600 worth of violations on this red Peterbilt. I think, do, is that the story that Tuck, when Tuck was on, he, he told? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, before that, and he forgot this, he went to Red Lodge to get a load of hay for us. Oh, yeah. And a couple of the bells of hay fall off and hit a car on the hood. So then we got to buy a new car hood. and Yeah, and I and, got almost got arrested for leaving the scene of an accident, but I didn't even know that the hay fell off. Yeah, and... So when he goes to Fort Collins, that, he thought it would be a good idea to fix the air hose with white athletic tape. It worked. And <laughs> that that was not a very good idea. And <laughs> I in my defense, it oh, I was twenty shit. I was twenty four, twenty five. Old enough to know better. Well, I didn't know I didn't honestly know the mechanical I didn't really know all the rules of the DOT. But our, I call him Mario, and he's like, hey, how's your trip going? Oh, uh, well. <laughs> We've hit a little snag. <laughs> hit a little snag. Got a, got, a, got a ticket for air hoses and alignment and tires and brakes and exhaust. And he's like, oh, man, how much is it? I'm like, oh, about $2,600. <laughs> he's like, son of a bitch. I'm like, I know. Well, they shut us down. They would not let us leave. They said, you have to stay here for 10 hours because I had Tuckness wrote down as my co-driver. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and they asked to see his CDL, yeah. which is not present. So funny yeah. thing, so I called Jerome Robinson because <laughs> he lives right in Fort Collins. And, you know, the, uh, I said, do you have a CDL truck driver around there? You know who came and saved us? Andy. That works for Piranha now. Oh, really? So they sent him. He, they drove us off the scales. And I was like, eh, you. <laughs> so they drive us off. We're supposed to stay there for 10 hours. And that's... When I told Tuck, I'm like, man, we're outlaws. Let's take off. <laughs> and later that night's when I blew the front tire and hit the car. And <laughs> that's when me and Tuckness were in the back of the cop car and we were both handcuffed. And <laughs> Tuckness, he's he's very Tuck's been around more and more than anybody, but you know Tuckness, when he gets a little upset, oh, he yeah. gets upset and he was a pissed off cat. So I call him I'm like, hey, how's it going? He's like, Hell, you have any better luck? I'm like, Well, <laughs> No, um, we're in a cop car. Um, they took my handcuffs off so I could call you. Um, we might be going to jail. He's like, for what? I'm like, oh, blew a tire and it wrecked a car. And like, you know, that old rigmarole. And I'm going to tell you what, though, in Maury's defense, he took it all pretty well. Because we figured that first trip cost Maury about $7,800. <laughs> that That's not like. That's just in tickets, fines, and <laughs> and tires. So, uh, so the ticket for the alignment, which probably the misalignment in the tires, probably caused it to blow. So, if you had, if you, you know, look at well, that. I thought so. That, in okay, I'm going to put this one on more. It's kind of his fault because James Jackson, <laughs> if he's teaching truck mechanics, you would have thought that thing would be DOT ready. Well, I, yeah, I thought it was. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> first truck either you know you didn't have you didn't know no i'll tell you how bad that truck was rump picked up a hitchhiker one time on his way to cody (laughs) and he stops to get fuel the hitchhiker gets out and rump asks him you ready to keep you ready to go and he's like hey riding with you that truck ain't gonna make it (laughs) he did a hitchhiker declined to ride (laughs) no he rode with me for a while but so the funny thing is that (laughs) the Cigarette lighter wouldn't work. So to charge your phone, you had to plug it in the sleeper. So I'm Tuckness, he had quit trucking because like he would not ride with me after the he got <laughs> cuffed. And 
So it's pretty boring to drive back and forth from Cody, Wyoming to Apache. So I'm cruising back to Cody, and I see this dirty-looking hippie. I'm like, he looks like Dukes off semi-pro. I mean, so I go, hey, man, we're right. Hell yeah. This truck's screwed up. I don't know. It's dinging and binging. And so we drive for about an hour. My phone's in the back. And uh, Maury calls. Well, this guy just answers the phone. And uh, so anyhow, Maury's uh, like, is Justin there? <laughs> and uh, he's like, uh, he's driving, man. So he hands me the phone, and Maury's like, "Who? who's that? <laughs> like, it's a hitchhiker. I was bored. I'm someone to hang out with. <laughs> and so anyhow, I, he goes, well, what's his name? I go, what's your name, man? He goes, well... My real name's Ronnie, but the ladies call me the Strawberry Love Bucket. <laughs> so I was like, "All right." So we get to Cheyenne. Strawberry Love Bucket. We get to we get to Cheyenne, and I go to, uh, you know, I'm like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna get some fuel." He goes, "Man, I, I need to keep going north, but I don't think you're gonna make it." And he goes, "I don't want to be sitting with you when when you break down." <laughs> so this cat literally got out. My hitchhiker refused to ride oh. with me. So that's why I started calling the semi the strawberry love bucket. Like it fit for my extra dirty, extra dirty uh, hippie that was that declined a ride because the truck was such a piece of shit. He yeah. rode. He rode with me for a while. He rode with me for a while, um, probably an hour and a half, but long enough. Yeah, but that that truck just constantly sucked. So uh, I want to get into these notes down here. We, we, you have talked a lot. I want Maury is our guest, yeah. and we need some. The, the people want rump stories. Okay. Not that you haven't been telling the stories on yourself, but. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, when rump, see, I had rump pre Ashley. You know, yeah. pe- most people know rump now. I mean, sure. he's completely different then. He had no one over him, and he, he shows up, and like I said, he's broke, had no money, and. So the first every day when we'd go eat lunch, oh yeah, you know I, I'd always buy his lunch. Well, one night the road before the rodeo starts, we all go to Irma, and man, there's probably twenty of us, and they have a prime rib, a prime rib buffet, and so we all get the prime rib buffet, and Rump he's over there chucking down beers right and left, and <laughs> the waitress comes up and she says. Uh, how do you want us to, to build this? And I said, well, put me and my wife, Nikki, and the, the two girls. I said, put them on put them on one check. And everybody started telling them to put theirs on their – well, Rump was by himself. I was like, so, oh, shit. <laughs> we all – I don't even think. We all get up and we all go pay. And Rump, he's kind of hanging around the table by himself. And he comes up and pays out. And we walk out and he's like, yeah. I didn't have any money, so I had to get all the tip money off the table. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, it was you are a crummy piece of shit. Uh, no, that's not being a piece of shit. I had no money. My, yes, that is being a piece of shit. My bill was fifty dollars, and I'm like, I had nine. I had nine dollars, and so a couple people throw down twenties, and I was just like, mm. but it's not stealing because guess what? I didn't leave the building with them. You stole from the waiter. Or waitress. The other, well. you That was money meant however, for that person. Later, And I'm, you stole. That is the epitome of stealing. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Hambo. And I made a mistake. Okay, But, you know, later in life I made it back up because I spent a lot of money at that place. 
at the Irma. Well, okay, well, then the Irma got the money, not the waiter. That wasn't the, that wasn't my best one. The better one than that was when we all went out to eat in Duncan. It was me and Maury, and like there was twenty of us, right? Well, I had talked Maury into giving me a credit card for fuel, and so we're big si- mistake. We're sitting oh, there and horrible during the uh, ABBI deal there, and and uh, everybody's drinking margaritas, and you know. Pretty nice, pretty awesome little Mexican restaurant. There's a lot of us, and so they bring the bill. And well, no, let, let me back up here. At the event, he was inviting everyone to come eat, and he told everybody. He made a big deal. I'm buying. I'm buying. And, you know, every, and no one was going to turn down. I said having I, rump buying something. You know, so there, I was thinking that Maury was going to like when they brought the check, and I went to grab the check. I thought Maury's going to go. No, no, shoot, let me get that. So I reach for the check, and I grab it, and I start pulling it back, and no one says a word <laughs> at all. And it was the, the bill was $187. For 20 people? Yeah. It's pretty cheap. Well, not probably not 20. There's a pile of us, but I remember exactly how much it was for, and I was like, crap, you know? So I was like, um, uh... <laughs> Pull out the Mobetta credit card, <laughs> put it in there, and just slide it back in there, you know. And they go and run it. And they're like, thank you, sir. And I was like, man, thanks, Rump. We got outside, and Maury slaps me on the back. He's like, man, Rump, that's really cool, you know. I'm proud of you. Working hard and, and uh, making some money. And that's that's pretty cool to buy everybody. Like, ah. I said, I didn't buy more. I just took care of it. And he's like, yeah, you did. Because I didn't buy it. He did. But And technically, I didn't ever said I would buy. I said, I'll take care of your dinner if you want to come. So so uh, two weeks later, I get a phone call from Maury's wife. And she is upset about that <laughs> little little charge on there from the old Did you El take it Phoenix. out of his check? Uh, no. No. It, I, you know, when he. I did he, it for the company. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he did get the Irma a lot of national exposure. Yeah, I, I we mean, were on Jay he, Leno. Yeah, he the Irma Hotel was on Jay Leno. Really? They, yeah, they have. You know, Cody is is famous. They every night before the rodeo, they block off the the street and they have gunfights. In fact, a couple of years ago, they had real gunfights. Yeah, they, they got they, somebody got shot. Yeah, they put in real bullets and <gasps> shot like oh, three geez. people or something. I yeah. remember. But every year, every night, we send our clown to the rodeo, and he goes out there and promotes the rodeo. And it is hokey. the The gunfights is hokey. Yeah, but it's people like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the OS. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's 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 cool, and so. I'm at the rodeo, and I had sent my clown Rumford up there, and I come walking around behind the buck and shoots, and we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, here comes Annie Oakley and Wild Bill Hickok. And Annie Oakley, she was big. And ugly. (laughs) And I can tell that they are pissed off about something and I have no idea. <laughs> and they're asking everybody where I am. And so I go up there and they start off on my clown <laughs> and my clown is trying to whip uh Buffalo bill. Was it Buffalo bill or it was Buffalo bill. And yeah. I, I was fixing on tuning his ass. As yeah. Well. <laughs> and, and not, not, not didn't matter that, 
Buffalo Bill was also the deputy sheriff in Cody, Wyoming, but I didn't know that. When so, I, so why can I can I ask why you wanted to whip? He running his mouth. Well, he uh, all right. This is gonna sound stupid, but he had on uh, he he had this big pair of spurs on, and it had a swastika on it. Nah, uh, you know, and uh, is that from Guyman? Granberry. Oh, fun. So he had a swastika on his spurs. And I, I told him, I said, hey, man, because there were some people there that were seeing his spurs. And I was like, man, that's not cool. He's like, oh, it's it's not a swastika. It's an Indian peace sign mm-hmm. because of the, the yeah. angle. I said, well, I said, honestly, I'm like, I said, it's not my deal. But, dude, I said, every time I come here, I hear people that are really offended that you'd be wearing those, uh, you know. And he goes, well, you need to mind your own damn business, clown. And I said, look here, gunfighter. I said, you want to get Old West? I said, I'll whoop your ass right here. <laughs> and he says, step on up if you think you want to. And I grabbed a hold of old Buffalo Bill. And this is right in a crowd of about 200 tourists. And I slammed him against the wall. And I mean, about knocked down four or five tourists. And I'm fixed on tuning his ass. And then out of nowhere, Matt Tarr. Spider monkeys my face, and he goes we gotta go, and and I didn't know the guy was in law enforcement, but I, I mean, he he started it, so <laughs> I, they he kind of drugged me out, and I kind of made a scene because I'm like I'll fight you anytime, motherfucker, you know I mean, just come at me, bro, and I'm in full like <laughs> face paint and baggies, <laughs> like, and everybody don't forget eight o'clock go to yeah. rodeo. <laughs> so anyhow, there was a there was a news story. Rodeo clown tries to fight gunfighter, and it made Jay Leno and crazy headlines from around the world. He used to do that segment. Yeah, rodeo clown fights gunfighter. I'm gonna look that up. That was such a dumb thing. Looking back, I, I, I'm embarrassed of some of the things I did, but at the same time, like I was learning. You know, like life. Like you don't fight gunfighters, and those guys were douches, weren't they, Maury? I mean. I don't know if you can say it. You don't have to say that because you still work up there. But they were. They were. I just hated those guys so bad. And they were just so rude all the time. And and they wore their gunfighter suits everywhere. And they, they totally got off on, um, you know. And the guy that I wanted to fight, after he got through with his gunfighter face, he started dressing like Captain Jack Sparrow from Pirates of the Caribbean. Did you know that? I no. know that. Yeah, so I never did get to fight that guy, and I've seen him several times. I actually apologized to him uh, last time I worked at Cody Stampede uh, when I was the Grand Marshal of the parade, which was also a freaking joke. The bastards, Maury and them, they, they were giving away shotguns. Did you hear this? Do you know this story? They're giving away guns uh, to the parade marshals. Yeah. So they told me I was going to be the parade marshal. Well, it was the parade, oh, yeah. The parade marshal I mean, of the— I remember this story. Hold on. Of the kitty parade, <laughs> not the actual Cody Stampede parade, the kitty parade. All right, whatever. So they, um, during the rodeo, they going to give me this award. And they're like, you know, ladies and gentlemen, there's a guy here, one clown of the year several times, started right here in Cody, Wyoming. Today we're going to honor him and tell Justin Rumford thank you for his contribution to the community and award him with a rifle. So, boy, I go out there, and there's rodeo queens and photographers and, 
They said, open it on up. So I'm going to open it up. And I open this rifle box up, and there's a snake, a huge snake. And I turn around. It's the only time I've ever said the F word over my microphone. <laughs> yep. Whoops. Whoops. Yeah. I ran into the shoot head first, about KO'd myself. Because that's, I remember that. That's a Maury Tate joke. You can't just, you can't have a little fun. It, Maury's practical jokes have to go over the line every time. Apparently. Like they put, they, what was it? You put tell, my tell, suit. Tell them, tell, tell them about uh, when me and you were up there in March. Oh, well, oh, at the Irma? Yeah. Well, we go to the Irma. This was before the fight when I could still go there. Because after the fight, I wasn't allowed to be there for a year. Um, so we go up there, and uh, the Irma is haunted. Um, it really is haunted. There's thousands of stories about the Irma being, because Irma was Buffalo Bill's daughter, okay? The okay. Irma Hotel is was built by Buffalo Bill, and the original Cherrywood Bar was a gift from France. No shit. This is not a Wachachi. The, it's, the Irma's a beautiful place. I bet. It's, I'd love to go. But Irma killed herself in the one of the upstairs rooms. Oh. Because, like, it's a Buffalo Bill, man. He was pretty screwed up. I mean, yeah, I've I've had my problems, but Buffalo Bill had some problems. And syphilis. And <laughs> so Maury and I, we go up there. We're going up there to get some bucking horses and do some stuff. And so we stay in a room right by... The room, the room where she shot where herself. she shot herself, and you can't even go in there anymore. It's oh know, really? Yeah, you don't. It's locked up, and more because like, it's haunted. Yeah, more is like, man, what about this place being haunted? I'm like, yeah, that's you know me, I freak oh, out. Oh yeah. So we're we're gonna go down the bar and eat and have some beers, and so I was kind of a little bit scared of that. Man, I'm just gonna slam like eighty beers, and I'll I'll sleep through a ghost attack. Well, so <laughs> he's with me the whole time, right? And he keeps dropping. He's like, yeah, isn't it weird how haunted this place is? I'm like, yeah, yeah. So, boy, we go back up to that room. All the furniture was upside down. And I know that he couldn't have done it because he never left the table. And I get up there. I'm like, what the hell is that, That's this? not quite exactly what he said. Is, is yeah. The waitress had came, and she was telling him stories. And the only time I left his side was when I paid. And I told that waitress, I said, uh, I need you to throw a sheet on and come in here and scare my buddy tonight. <sighs> She's like, well, I don't know if I can do that, but I'll do something. So we go, and the owner, we have some beer with the owner, and he's telling Rump all these stories. And we leave to go up to the room, and Rump, he's got the key. and He opens that door and walks in. And he screams and ran smooth over me getting oh. out of there. Yeah. <laughs> he had to go back to the bar and have him some more beer. He, he's like, I can't, I can't stay here. He said, I did. I went, I literally said the bar until they're like, Hey, Rump, man, you got to go to your room now. I'm like balls like it. But the Irma is beautiful, but that's the old side, right? Yeah. Like there's the old side and there's the new side, but like the rooms there are they're they're just like they were. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no there's no upgrade like you know like it's got the toilet with the handle like chain, the chain flush and that place is creepy. But probably one of the best problem ribs. 
Thurman Hotel, Buffalo Bills original hotel in the Rockies. Bringing the Cody Night Rodeo, real Wild West rodeo action every night at eight o'clock. That was my sound car spiel. Yeah. So uh, uh, see the 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 reason what he what he doesn't tell you is the reason we got him with the snake in the box the year before Cade Rogie and oh. he go to leave and he pulls up there at the barn and he's hooked on and he goes and he's telling everyone bye and and all this will rump do you want to tell him what you did okay so that was Cade's very first pro rodeo <laughs> hazing we all did it first my very first pro rodeo Corey Wall told me we had a uh, autograph signing at eight o'clock at that Joe's boot shop in Clovis, New Mexico. Yep. And that I had to be fully dressed out there at eight o'clock. Everybody jokes with anybody. Cade's trailer was there at Cody. And so I took a, took a little number two. <laughs> I took a number two in his toilet in his camper and didn't flush it as a joke. Like it's your first rodeo. Yeah. I didn't, I was on Here's a, a deuce in your toilet. <laughs> I was unaware that they didn't use their bathroom or hook into water. Why have a camper? I, so it sat in there <laughs> for months. <laughs> and then his wife took it on a camping trip. <laughs> his beautiful, sweet, wonderful wife found it. <laughs> but C- Cade, it, it was it was funny because Cade. You sick bastard. Well, it was it's hazing, Hambo. Oh, I get it. Yeah. But Cade, he uh, he had just gotten approved for his card, and they had hired Boyd, but they had a year with no announcer. And so I'd been telling the Stampede board, I was like, man, you need to hire this kid. He's good, and, you know, he'll, he'll do mm-hmm. you a good job until mm-hmm. Boyd gets there. And I mean, I'd been going to bat for Cade hard. And so that fall I get home, and, Larry Johnson, the president, he calls me and tells me that uh, they had hired Cade to do it for that year. Well, Cade, he never called and told me. So I'm like, some bitch. So I, I get Heath Ford, and we and Cade, he had put it all over his Facebook. Mm-hmm. that it, The first pro rodeo he booked was the Cody Stampede, one of the largest Fourth of July rodeos. And they put it all over Facebook and his mom and family, they were planning these trips and I get a girl from the PRCA office to call him and tell him that there'd been a confusion and he did not get approved and could not be booking any pro rodeo. Oh my God. <laughs> that so is he had to that, call everybody. You, think you are an asshole. <laughs> you think I'm crummy. <laughs> Uh, Maybe the reason I'm crummy is I spent so much time with Maury, he's crummy. So, uh, speaking of Boyd, um, we were talking about this yesterday. I was telling him that you were going to come do this. And uh, we got to giggling what we did. Because so Nate, you know, Harp found out at Belleville he was doing the NFR. And, you know, Boyd always, you know, calls Tuck to Goat, you know, greatest of all time, this and that, big old introduction. Well, so the next night we build, I had this idea, and I go to Boyd before, so – Anyway, I tell him with this idea, and so here's what happened. So we go to introduce the bullfighters, and he does harp first. And, I mean, he builds harp into being Miles Hare uh, times 100. I mean, like the most – he could have been the greatest bullfighter of all time. Boyd, I mean – God, he's so good at that. Yeah, though. I mean, builds him and builds him, and he's going to be fighting at the national finals road in Las Vegas. His first trip – 
of many trips to come, ladies and gentlemen, Nathan Harp. You know, I'll, what is it? I don't know. Sold out, but it's only like 2,000 people, but yeah. full stands. But anyway, everybody goes nuts, whatever. And then he goes, and helping him out, Dusty Tuckness. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. and, no, and lending him a hand, Dusty Tuckness. Boys and then I it? don't play anything. And then I played crickets. And I mean, Maury is about on the ground <laughs> crying, laughing. Yeah, because that was just Boyd and I. We were, that was just our deal. And, I mean, Harrison's fallen out of his barrel. Uh, John and, and, I mean, everybody who who's in on the know, you know, who understands. And it was so funny. Tuck, Tuck took it obviously good because he was as happy for Harp as anybody. But uh, that was that was freaking hilarious. And Maury laughed about it through the whole boat ride. And I See, think. That, you guys always pull, that's another joke. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but that's not you guys. That is not as far as he goes as telling a guy <laughs> the cops are coming because he raped a girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even going back to that story, I'd have been like, okay, wait, they're gonna wait till seven. <laughs> I mean, bye. Don't you think it's kind of? Don't you well, think I, kind I, of I, had, I had told them that they that they would be there at seven, <laughs> and they were they needed to meet them. So yeah. They, uh, anyway, uh, but uh, but sorry, I had to go off on that. That was I don't think I told that on Rump Chat yet, but that was that was uh, a lot of fun was, and helping him out. Dusty Tuckness. <laughs> I had. Uh, I uh, one other thing that I that I liked to do back then was the sound car, which yep. at the time was a red Cadillac with horns on the front. We had big speakers and it had a microphone. So like when you are on sound car duty, you drive through the campgrounds and you know you we play country music and you know it it was just it was a pretty easy gig. I mean, it didn't have heat or air, but like a lot of afternoons, like if you're kind of hungover. From the night before, boy, it was just you get in the sound car and just go drive around because by the time you drove from the arena to the KOA and back, you're, I mean, you're a couple hours. I mean, and so um, I found this old man showed up and he was probably 85, 86, and he just showed up out of nowhere. And uh, just like I did with Rock, I was like, I'll just keep this old man for a few days, you know? <laughs> Well, so turns out he's a horrible, horrible, horrible alcoholic, and uh, he would just he would just sit in the sound car and just get drunk, and and um, I forgot to tell Maury I had this old man. Well, he'd kind of seen him around, but do you remember that day when you walk over and you're like, hey, uh, you know, there's an old man passed out in the sound car. I'm like, yeah, he's mine. And then <laughs> then we end up having to ask him to leave because he stole all of our stuff. But whoops, uh, yeah, the sound car was. I got kicked out of the sound car um, duty. Too. I don't even remember for what. Well, that was when Jordan. Oh, Jor- yeah. Jordan was driving, and they have this Mexican restaurant oh, yeah. right there on uh, Main Street, and they have a patio, and everybody sits outside. Well, Jordan, he's driving down Main Street, and Rump, he's talking on the PA system, and he decides it would be a good idea to moon us as oh, he yeah. goes driving by. Well, Jordan thought it would be a great idea to pull over and park. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan said, get your ass out. Okay. But I, I mean, I got it. And I'm like, we're just going to drive by. Ass is completely out. The whole patio full of people. And Jordan stops the damn car. Right. And I'm talking about my ass is probably 12 foot from Maury's nachos. Yeah, yeah it's hard but, to eat after that, huh? Oh yeah, but that that's probably not the closest his ass came to me because oh I put my butthole right on Morris. <laughs> yeah, head. it was that was the kind of joke. See, I had to get him back because these no good bastards. What? They put uh, 
they put icy hot in the crotch of my motorcycle suit. Well, that's I mean, for when you threw your ass in my face. Which time? <laughs> the PBR sign. Oh yeah, Samori. You know those those cutouts? Like it looks like you can poke your head through, and it looks like you're yep. like riding a bull. Samori, he's building this big cutout. So you know. And uh, so I told Maury, I said, stick your head through there so we can take a picture to see how it looks, you know. Because when you put your face through there, it looks like you're you're getting hooked by a bull. Yeah. So, boy, I get my old pants ready, and Maury sticks his old bald head in right on my butthole. <laughs> old butthole head. And he's like, what the hell is that? Ah! <laughs> oh, this Tuckness, he about, uh, got, he about got down. And I was like, man, I finally got Maury. Like, that was the... the you know, I don't like to joke around. So, I mean, that was like the extent of my joke. Well, then he puts, you know, when I go to get that motorcycle suit on, there's not a lot of time. Yeah. So, and this one was ripped, so I had to tape it. So, boy, I go running back to my trailer to put my motorcycle suit on. My old Evil Knievel suit, and boy, I throw it on, and I tape it. And I put my stuff on over the top, and I go to the gate, and I'm like, oh, my God. I am burning alive. All that icy hot in the crotch of that suit. You ever had... You ever had Icy Hot on your taint? No, nor do I want it. Oh, it was the worst feeling. I felt like my crotch was on fire. It hurt so bad, and I had to do that clown act while facing burning crotch. My crotch is on fire. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, you no good bastards. And I had, I had thought, man, I got to, I thought, man, I really got to get Maury back. Like, I, I need to come up with the perfect something to do but then i thought man if i get him back really hard he's going to retaliate and try to get me back and i don't know if i was ready to to handle the you know the whatever he was going to do because he made me nervous because like a lot of his practical jokes man he got like pretty scary pretty yeah. scary stuff you know so i was like i i just want to be on the good side you know what i'm saying so that's why i've retired from practical jokes did you know that no yeah I but yeah, they after the rodeo, he's he's out there trying to do his act, and the whole time, he's wiping his forehead with his right hand and trying to pull the Elvis suit away oh. from the crotch on his left hand. <laughs> after yeah. the rodeo, we go there, and he is standing down there in the shower, drinking beer, sitting in a in a tub of cold water, <laughs> trying to cool his nuts off. Oh God! <laughs> well, some of that. Okay, this uh, for you kids. Don't listen to this part. Earmuffs. Some of that icy got my wiener hole, <laughs> like just from rolling around in it. You know, not you know. <laughs> oh man, I got I'm burning alive. Shut up, wiener. You're fine. So what? Okay, how'd you go from stock? Con, you know, basically, you know, second in command, running the rodeo, running the shoots, running everything to clowning. Well. uh Funny thing, so at the night rodeo, the more you can do, the better, honestly, because it is it's ninety nights, and the Cody weather, you don't know what you're going to get. So I mean, you can't just pay a phenomenal fee for everybody there. You know, I mean, it's it's. But like I, the the way that I made money, like I I won about twelve hundred a week steer wrestling, and then with Maury's pay of three ninety eight an hour. You know, it all worked out pretty good, <laughs> but, but, um, so like we had several people that were, that would come up there and you get some characters at the Cody night rodeo. I can't imagine. Oh, I mean all kinds of people, but 
like if you could clown or like sometimes the bullfighters on the nights they weren't bullfighting, they would still untie or load help with a tiny bit. So just to kind of move around, well, um, somebody no showed us. I mean, close to the perf. I remember that. Uh, we had the headset from uh, Brown. You remember that guy? Yeah, yeah. What was his name? Well, anyhow, so we had baggies and in the tack room. Uh, of course, there's a barrel there. Told you sure. that rodeo barrel. And, and so Maury's like, hey, you want to clown him? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't really want to. So he's like, oh, you should. So I was like, all right, you know, why not? So went out there, and I just pretty much did all the stuff that Timber Tuckness used to do. Yeah. It was fun as shit. I really enjoyed it. Plus, so that paid extra money. So, you know, you get day labor money. Then you get paid to clown, and then you bulldog. So, I mean, like, it was making those days, like, four and $500 days. And it was, I, I really, I didn't enjoy it, really, at first. Like, I mean, it was kind of fun, but where I screwed up was I, the one summer, so the next summer I was like, I'll just do it all summer. And that's the only, probably the only bad thing about the night rodeo is, like, it just becomes such a, uh, the same thing Routine. that I, I feel like I didn't do as good as I could have. And, and I know I didn't do a good job for a while because I was like, every day is the same. Like now, you know, I, I work 200 perfs a year, but man, we're in Denver. Guess what? We're going to leave here. Guess what? San Antonio. So there's multiple days of it, but then there's, it's different every day Yep. where the night rodeo, um, and I think as far as contestants, this is kind of on the serious note, but it's the best place to go for a while, you know, because like uh, Scuba Steve Smith, best bareback rider. I mean, won the Central Plains region. Daniel won the college finals. Uh, phenomenal. Well, you know, he goes there and, and like a lot of those talented guys, they just kind of get in a routine where they're not really working on winning. Um, they're just getting on to be getting on. And so, uh, when I, I clowned too many perfs that one year and that's when I kind of went back to not clowning, you know? So after that, I kind of didn't clown again until that bull riding for Benny, you know, but, um, it was so good. There were so many things I've, I've told everybody, you know, if you want to learn, go mm-hmm. up there, but it's almost like, and Maury, I want you to talk about this in a minute. The only, the, it's almost kind of like a, like college in a way where it's fun and you're drinking beer and, and, you know, but you kind of get sometimes those guys, some contestants kind of get in a rut Mm -hmm. where instead of really reaching out and going like talented guys that could probably go rodeo and do some good, you know, they're kind of stuck in the rut of the night rodeo. Um, But more, you've seen it all. Yeah. You know, that first year we were lucky because we had rump had dusty Tuckness fighting bulls. We had Shane Proctor, yeah. You know, that guy would come, and he would enter the bareback, Kefir open, yep. saddle bronc, bull riding every night. We had Isaac Diaz. He was there getting on yeah. broncs, and uh. and and Cannon AC was there, and Caleb AC. I mean, we had no idea, you know, how what much they talent would, was yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but. Uh, they turned out to be oh, yeah, it world was, champions. Yeah, yeah, and it's, like I said, it's, it's the greatest place in the world for a kid to go. You know, and now we do schools. We have an NFR guy there every day for two months helping them. And, I mean, for a kid, it, it couldn't be a better place to go. So, But, That's, you know, but it I, was, 
I've thought about clowning. Maybe I didn't need to go up there because I want to. I just want to show up and hand the guy my microphone and say, "Here, I will tell it you up, make it sound good. You've had find a, the right channel, and then I'll just go out and I'll slam beers." And you've been clowning pretty good the last two person. I have. Ever. I have been clowning pretty good because you know I can talk in his ear. Oh yeah. I know we've said this before, but really, I'm not kidding you, folks. I let him clown. Ninety uh, percent of the shit he said the last few. I, I let him clown Thursday night through my ear. <laughs> um, but 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 like talk about the the that you've seen a lot of talented guys that come to Cody and then just get stuck. Well, uh, yeah, and I don't mean and, that against the night rodeo by no means, but it's just when we talk, you know, in Rump Chat, we're always talking about rodeo and. and you know the the different stuff, and but there's there's some. I mean, look, Jr. Zane, Cody Knight Rodeo, comes out and and uh, one of the bear, best bareback riders there was. Isaac going to the NFR several times. Uh, Cannon AC NFR Extreme Bulls champion. Um, Dan Mortensen. That's before my day. Oh, uh, what's uh, the, the bull rider uh, Parker Bredding? You you know he was in the steer riding there when he was back in those first days but i mean it, it it's such a good learning place and even even not just for for rodeo but like i learned i'm embarrassed about what i've learned there you know because it wasn't always good but there's so there's been a lot of people that have have come there and and really moved on and, and have done great and some that come there with a lot of talent and kind of hit the wall yeah and we we went through and researched, and we came up. I think there was 58 world champions yeah. that got their start at Cody and over 250 NFR qualifiers. I mean, just this year alone, you know, at the NFR, Cole Reiner, he came there some. Uh, Cole Franks came there. Yeah. You know, Casey Fields, he spent two summers there when he was a kid. And, um, you know, now you've got uh, Lou Casey Morris. Yeah, he's he, winning the world. He, you know, he spent time there two years, and um, there's another kid that's from Cody that got his start there is uh, Brody Wells. Really? Yeah, you know, he won thirty five thousand on his permit last year in the Bronx ride. You remember so, Cody Mocha? Oh yeah, yeah. Co- hey. Cody, Cody Mocha was uh, a little Dipshit. bull rider there. Yeah, and he quit and he got some bulls, and he was gonna wanted to bring these bulls and buck them one night. So he brings them, and I, I tell him, you know, load them and all this. And I go get rump. I said, you got to come watch this. I said, um, oh, yeah, th- this this kid, I said, he doesn't have a clue, and he's terrified of these bulls. Well, there's some bitches and, were mean. And uh, he's sitting up on the gate, hitting at them with his whip, and he's having hell. And rump sitting there, and old rump, he sticks his chest out, and he said, uh, I'll show him how to load them fucking bulls. And he crawls over that fence and jumps in that pen with them. And this bull smokes rum. Not just, no, no, he didn't just smoke me. He continued smoking. And he rump, took several puffs. Rump, he crawls under the fence right there by my oh, feet. Hurting. And he gets up and, I mean, he's he's hurt. But you're laughing. And, oh yeah, no, he wasn't laughing at first. And, and uh, he rump, he stands up and he's leaning there on the fence and got his head on there. And I said, "Boy, you sure showed him how to load them fucking bulls." <laughs> 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 oh, it, I was off. I had to take. I was hurt, dude. <sighs> I got the piss hooked out of me there. I got ran over by Bronx, hooked by bulls, and 
Maybe that's why I'm so crippled now. Maybe I should sue Mo Better Rodeo. There for... you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's nothing that you've done to yourself. But uh, so what about, and, and I wonder if we can release that, uh, the video you made, the 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 children. Oh, I can't, no, it got flagged because it was, they they said they it was a uh, something to do with uh, human trafficking. Oh. Well, tell, tell, our, tell our listeners about it. I made it. a... I made a video like one of those Sarah McLaughlin, uh, yeah. dogs and cats videos. Like in the arms of the angels, every day there are rodeo cowboys that are stuck in the back of the Cody Knight rodeo, forced to ride bucking horses and bulls against their will. And and so like I went into their their bunkhouse, which by bunkhouse it's a concrete cinder block cinder block alley with like bunk beds everywhere. And I, I had Cooper DeWitt tied to the bed and Ryder Kisner in the corner like, acting like he was scared. And I'm like, your money can help change these boys' lives. And there's a sign in there, like the rule, the bunkhouse rules. It says no fighting, no drugs, no drugs, no, no, women. no women, no stealing. And I, I said, look at that. No fighting, no stealing, no women and no, no drugs. drugs. Kind of place are they operating here? <laughs> and Maury didn't know I was doing the video, so he's out in the arena. I go, Maury, Maury, do you have time? He's like, huh? <laughs> See, I'm like, you know, I, I, it was a great video. It was great. We got to figure out how we. Me, can get Tuckness, that out and Ferg, me and Tuckness and Fergie made the video, uh, but the the bunkhouse. It is, it's. I mean, it it's cool because, like, seriously, if you come to Cody, man, like. You have a free place to stay right there. And if you have a trailer, you can plug in for free. So you can literally stay up there and rodeo for, and like you can get a day job like Justin Josie, our good friend, the bullfighter yep. from Apache, Oklahoma. Dipshit the rodeo. Dipshit the rodeo. He did uh, boat trips. He was a guide for rafting. Rafting. Yeah. Yeah. Which I just, I can't imagine. And I love Josie to death. But I can't imagine him having responsible for human lives. My family. <laughs> All right, kids, listen to the long blonde-haired kid. Okay, All so right, what, what you're gonna, gonna do? do is just get all fucked up, smoke. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> just hold on. We're gonna go down the shredder. Um, didn't you just have him jump out of a cake or something weird the other day? Oh yeah. Well, at Christmas, I always get everybody gag gifts, and my two nieces are both single, so I put Josie in a tub. <laughs> And wrap it in paper, <laughs> wheel it in there, and all he's got on is a pair of uh, elf shorts. Oh God! Tight elf shorts. <laughs> and they're they're sitting there, they're looking at it, and that one kind of feels it to see, you know. And so they start to open it, and then Josie he comes barreling out of there, busts through the paper, and yeah, he, he scared them pretty. Goes good to there. dancing yeah, on their yeah, leg. Exactly. We I, did that for Aunt Peg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember Aunt Peg? Oh, I do. Yeah, it was her birthday. And um, Josie puts a thong on and <laughs> comes out of a box and is giving her a lap dance there in the barn. And What about, how, how's he getting Josie, along? I saw Josie him. Josie started. And, I mean, he's another one. He started fighting bulls at the night rodeo yep. with me. Yeah, I saw him at uh, Belleville, and his van was parked <laughs> back along the trees. And I go, man. I bet they got a spare. If you want, to, I mean, it's a van, so all he needs is a one ten plug in. No, man, I'm good. As long as it gets a little hot in the day, but I'm like, Jesus, I imagine. But he's not freestyling bulls anymore. I, I know that. 
I know that. He's, I don't know what he's doing. Well, last time I saw him was uh, the South Texas run yeah. with Mo well, he Rosenberg he, and Belleville. He, uh, during the NFR, he went to Jerry Dorn camp. Yeah. And is a goat farmer now. He was, he was. He's with Jerry? He was helping Jerry watch over Jerry's goats. So he's a. And I love, asked, I'm jealous. I love Jerry. I love goats. Yeah. 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 Jerry said that when he got there, he walked out there and all them goats come running backing up to him. Are you serious? <laughs> no, you dipshit. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. oh, my God. What? Well, you know, see, I don't know. I mean, come on, cut me a break. But yeah, Josie started, uh, and he, he didn't ever get into trouble, but he was always in something at, the old rodeo grounds. Cause I don't know if people realize you are like the principal of everything at the rodeo grounds, because I mean, you guys put the whole thing on. So like you have to deal with summer love theft of hay, um, pissed off contestants, all the, like, honestly, I don't know how you've stayed there that long because that you've had to put up with a lot of crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh it's great, but old Josie. One time, we when he first gets up there, we it had rained and we'd cleaned all these pens and had all this manure and it's just mud. Had it parked, you know, we dumped it out there and we was gonna put it in the truck. Josie, he comes bebopping up there, and I told Josie, I said, I'll give you ten bucks if you'll go run jump in that pile of mud there. And he looked at me and he said. Uh, can I take my clothes off? I said, even better. Jesus. <laughs> so we got a video of him, and he just runs and jumps, and then gets up and hauls hauls butt down there to the bat to the shower to wash oh, off. So uh, the old shit, but yeah, he, the old shit pile belly flop contest. Yeah, it worked out good for you in Spanish Fork. There wasn't no shit pile, but no. I, had, I had to do the belly flop contest a lot due to the fact that every rodeo I was at last summer was a torrential downpour. You you did get in a pinch, but like at Cody, you know, we, you guys have kind of pushed out a little bit more it, because when I was there, we never hardly canceled a night, and we had nights in Cody towards the end of August when it would be literally snow, like snowing, and we were we were having the rodeo, but you guys cancel a couple nights now. You yeah. gotten soft, yeah. Big yeah. boys got uh, C's got soft, yeah. Murray. Mary. <laughs> One year we canceled it. It was June 8th, and it had like uh, eight inches of snow on the ground. What? Yeah. Yeah. And then last year we canceled it. It was like 80-mile-an-hour winds. Oh, my so. God. If you've never been to Cody, that is one thing. That wind, don't plan on putting your awning out and going anywhere. Yeah. Well, it's Wyoming. You just don't do it there. You know, especially Hail. in that canyon, though. Uh, oh, my gosh. There, there was – I remember there, there was nights I'd be sleeping uh, – you know, wherever I kind of landed, and all of a sudden you'd hear this boom while they'd blow the dumpsters would come rolling across the parking lot. It'd be so cold that you there's nowhere to drink beer. So we used to actually go into the bathroom. They'd leave the bathrooms unlocked at night, and there was heaters in there, the one by the concession stand. And so we would go in there and, and party in the women's restroom because it was warm. <laughs> what? Next Nothing. day there'd be like nine. Nothing. That's- there'd be like 9,000 beer cans in there. Um, but they they have steer ride and this lady passed away but um she was a cool chick mama blackshear uh 
she died what, last year, two years yeah, ago. Two years ago. She was a little rough. She's about six foot seven, about two eighty. And uh boy when she talked. <laughs> Mama she, she worked for she worked for Maury. She when we first showed up, she had two little boys. She's putting them on steers, and these boys were scared to death. And she would physically put them on these steers, and these kids would be crying, I don't want a dad. She's like, you shut your goddamn mouth and nod. <laughs> and, I mean, just drill these kids and every night. And then there was another big old fat mom that was the same way. And so Maury, he comes up with this idea, you know, because even me, I was like, man, that's kind of, I don't know, like, it's not cool, yeah. you know? And so Maury's like, we're going to have a mom, uh, we're going to make the moms get on on some steers. And these these weren't like bulldog steers. These were like big steers. So we're going to have the moms had to get on. And um, so Mama Blackshirt, boy, she gets on this steer and and she's going to ride him. The steer turns turns back and throws her on her back and steps right, right in the middle of her. And uh, I go... Well, Mama Blackshirt, you okay? She goes, hell no, he stepped on my puss. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that steers back there. Hey, number 35, how's your evening? Not real good. I stepped on a puss. <laughs> she was a, she she ran the out gate for Maury for a long time. Oh, and she was rough. I bet. Like, uh, I don't want to get into details, but she had a thought on, on pleasuring men. <laughs> and she was telling... <laughs> She was kind of, I don't know. It was a little, <laughs> even for me, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, let's, that might be a little far. Yeah, I'm not going to tell it. Let's, but not, she, let's not go there. She would. Yeah. T- she, she's better than, you know, for our first three years, we had a gate man that nobody knew his name. He was random gate guy. Random <laughs> gate guy. I mean, he just shows up and gets on the back gate. And we, 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 we never knew his name. He just stay- wanted to do it. Just, huh? He just wanted to do it. He stayed in my yeah. camper a few nights, and I had no clue who he was. <laughs> guy on the couch. We had a uh, another guy. I'm not going to say his name on here, but we had a like this bronc rider that uh, come and stayed for the summer and like wrote songs and like just. I mean, there was all kinds of people. There's we had a bullfighter one time that uh, he came up, and that's the other thing. Like you never knew who you were going to get. And this kid was a pussy. I mean a pussy. And he wouldn't go to one. And I was telling him about, I'll show you videos on how to fight bulls. And then so that was Maury's joke for a long time. Was, oh, go get your video out. Show him what he's doing wrong. <laughs> well, I mouthed this kid to the point where he, he left. Like, I scared him. And he went home because he didn't want none of this. And then, so I started entering the calf roping. And I was getting along pretty damn good. Like, I placed several nights. And so I'm telling telling Maury, I'm like, you know, shit, I didn't know I was that good, you know? So I was like, hey, I need somebody to video this so I can send it to Drome, you know? Because my brother-in-law at the time, Drome, you know, yep. NFR calf roper. And so they're filming it, and boy, I'm going to I'm gonna smoke me one of the old tie-down roping. And I come across there, and I mean, I laid it on this bitch, and I went to step off, and I hung a stirrup, and I hit possibly very hard as I've ever hit. And that horse drug that calf over the top of my lifeless body. <laughs> Do we have video of that? Oh, I Is don't that have still the, around. I don't have the video anymore. And I'm laying out there, Damn and here, it. here comes Maury. Hey, uh, you gonna send that video to your brother-in-law? <laughs> <laughs> 
and I, I kind of always words of encouragement. I kind of retired a little bit off the uh, the the roping from there, but I I think I did everything. I took entries a few days at Cody, uh, picked up, fought bulls, announced, which I really did like announcing. I run the music a couple nights. Um, oh really? Oh, I got in big trouble though. I kind of got. I didn't really get fired, but more as like probably didn't, don't do that again. We had a bull jump out, and um, in between the track and the the grandstands. And I'm announcing, I go, there's a bull loose in the rodeo. Everybody run for your life. There will be no refunds. And people freaked out. Remember that? They went running just uh, crazy. Well, then also, one of my other favorite, when I was announcing there, and I, I mean, honestly, I was not a bad announcer, right? No. He, yeah. I was pretty good. Yeah, I bet you were. Well, Timber Tuckness was doing his, uh, his act with the washing machine. It's old school rodeo clown. Yeah, so the shrinking machine. The way it's supposed to go. Boy, it up. he pulls in. He's got a uh, three-wheeler and um, three-wheeler pulling that washing machine. Hey, Justin, boy, I tell you what. I'm leaving the rodeo. I'm going going out to Hollywood. and ah, blah, blah. I got this new machine that's going to revolutionize the world. It's a cleaning system like you've never seen, and I'm going to be on a TV show. And, and I'm you know, and he goes, but I don't have time to show you. I just wanted to tell you I'm leaving. And what I'm supposed to say is, no, 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 Timber. You pull in here with that. You have to show us. You can't just tell us that you've got an awesome machine. You've got to show us. But what I did was when he's like, well, I don't have time, so I just thought I'd stop by and show you. I'm like, all right, Timber, good luck on your washing machine, and we'll see you later. <laughs> and he's like, what? I said, sure is nice of you to show us your washing machine. Let's move on right now to the Pinnacle Bank Junior Barrel Race and brought to you by our good friends. You know, and, and I just go on, so he just leaves the arena. <laughs> and then eight, five minutes later, he's in the announcer stand, pretty pissed off. Because I, I feel bad because uh, Timber, I used to just torture Timber. I would get in his camper and lock him out and lay on his couch and drink all his beer. And then when I ever needed anything clowning, I would just steal out of his trailer like hats or like i i was kind of uh, timber was good though he was a good rodeo clown and he had a car that would break and that you hit a, yep. a button and it falls in half yep. well one night uh me and jordo this is our first summer up there where we decided <laughs> me jordan rock and uh jordan and rock and uh they had a busload of of 18 to 21 year old ladies from vermont that was traveling to for, uh, to California to go to basic training for the Marines, and this was they were taking a bus tour across and stopping and doing fun things because they were going to go to basic and then ship shipping out. Yeah, yeah. So Cody was their last stop, and when Rock found out all these ladies were available, like he was really excited about it. And I'm pretty sure every cowboy banged about nine of them. Like, there's a whole busload, probably 90. And it almost cost the rodeo because there's no contestants like two nights later. Because <laughs> everybody was down in the hips. And so, anyhow, <laughs> Rock's like, uh, hey, can you do me a favor? I'm like, uh, you know, I was sleeping. I was like, what? So Rock's got these chicks and Jordan's got these chicks. And he's like, let's do something crazy. And I'm like, all right, what do you want to do? He's like, let's go drive around Timber's clown car with these girls. I'm like, all right, cool, because it's like a Model <laughs> T. So we're cruising around, and I'm driving it through the parking lot. There's like eight chicks in the back. Jordan, Rock, and all these girls are like sitting on it, like, because it's a, you know, convertible. 
So I'm driving around and driving around and I'm going to hit the e-brake and slide it to a halt. Well, I didn't know that when you pull the deal up, that's what makes the car break in half. <laughs> so I'm out in the parking lot. I pull the old thing and the, the hole back into the car. The car breaks in half and all those girls in Rock and Chordo just go flying out the back. <laughs> so I was like, shit. So I just shut it off. Next morning, more it comes out. Half of that car is over there. Half of it's over there. He's like, what happened there? I'm like, shit, I don't know. <laughs> Damn it, Rock. Oh, my God. That was funny. Oh, that's awesome! Well, um, man, we got—I told you it'd be a two-part show. Yeah, we got—we've got. We've got I, I'm sure we didn't get through any of your notes, probably. Um, but uh, we'll have to—we'll have to do this again. Hour and twenty-eight. We didn't even scratch the surface. I, uh, we'll, we'll get more. Such as Maury Tate. Well, yeah. Maybe we'll get Mo. Mo better. Get it? I'm telling you, I remember those 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 tie down those matches. That was we talked about that at. Uh, Belver somewhere. Anyway, but uh, more. Thank you for coming. No, thank y'all. It was uh, it was a lot of fun, and we'll we'll get we're gonna get some more. Yes. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Yeah.